Hello, everyone. It's Ann Duffy. Welcome to Dental Entrepreneur, the Future of Dentistry podcast. I am so happy that you're here with me today because I have a very special guest. He's just an amazing young man. Uh, we've known each other for years, but I don't know that much about his background. So I'm so excited to share him with you. And then I will learn something too today, which is always great. Um, he is not too far from me in the North Carol in the Carolinas. We're probably about a two and a half hour drive. And he's been in dentistry for a long time. He's written a couple of books. He's running the Speakers Consulting Network. He's going to tell you a little bit about that, which is very cool. I've been involved in that uh, organization for years. And they pump out leaders and they pump out experts. And it's very, very cool. But he's also got a big background because I know one thing about him is he's he happens to be married to an amazing dentist. So um, I think that you cannot be an amazing dentist if you don't have an amazing dude. And, you know, I have, I run dental entrepreneur woman. So we call ourselves dudes and he is one of my favorite dudes. And I hope that you will help me welcome Ryan vet. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Anne. thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. I, we, we ran into each other at the Hinman and we're like, okay, we got to I got to get you on my podcast because you're a wealth of information. You know, everybody and, um, and you're leading something really big right now. So tell me how you got here. What, what, what's your background, Ryan? So, um, I'd like to know a little bit more about you. Yeah, my background is not dental at all. Um, that's at least not how I got started. I my background is really um, started in marketing. So my my first legal company, um, not that I did any illegal businesses, but my first legally registered company uh, was when I was fourteen years old. My dad and I had to go down to the courthouse because I had to have an adult sign uh, the paper, and that was when you had uh, you know paper. Uh, forms that were actually filed with the county, uh, no no online businesses. And I grew that business. It was a marketing company that focused on nonprofits. So we helped uh, nonprofits raise money for hospitals and overseas and dig wells and build leadership academies all, all across the globe. We served uh, over 200 clients in 25 different countries, helping them raise tens of millions of dollars. Did you say you were 14? Yes. Okay. So why... Or where did that come from that you had that entrepreneurial spirit? So you're obviously an entrepreneur. Um, what what did that, where did that stem from? What made you? Oh, want to so do- now we have to go way back. Yeah. Um, it, it stemmed from the lemonade stand. Uh, I know I, I say that as a joke, but it, it's really true. Um, a course that I give a lot is called the Million Dollar Lemonade Stand. Uh, and no, my million my lemonade stand was never worth a million bucks ever. Uh, not even a million pennies or half pennies, but. Uh, a lot of the lessons I learned in entrepreneurship stemmed from from my time doing that, and it was all because I wanted a PlayStation. And uh, my parents always said they never held it, held anything from me, but they made me work from it uh, for it. And I grew up um, in a, a wealthy suburb of Chicago, and we did not live in the wealthy part of the wealthy suburb, but we were fine. I never wanted anything. Didn't even know what was out there. Had a great childhood, but my parents said, if you want it, work for it. And so at, at six, seven years old, I was like, I want that PlayStation. And I remember it was $199 and I used a $25 Best Buy gift card that I'd gotten for a birthday and the rest of the money I had saved and worked for mowing lawns, washing cars, anything I could do to uh, get some, some dollars from somebody and uh, bought the PlayStation. And one of the best lessons I ever learned was I bought the PlayStation, the games, which were like 40 bucks, outrageously priced. And uh, it sat on a shelf. I pay, played it maybe two or three times. Um, and it just taught me very quickly that, you know, the things that you want most in life might not always be what you think that they are going to be. And, uh, so that, that was the entrepreneurial journey. 
Um, I ended up trying to run Pokemon out of business unsuccessfully uh, a couple <laughs> years later. Uh, and by the time, right around the time I hit double digits, um, I started a newspaper. And so I've been in publishing too. Um, it lasted until my parents' printer uh, ink ran out. But I, I tell you all that background because it was that newspaper that found its way onto a local business's desk. And they liked the graphic design in it. So they emailed the at Juno email that I had. And I dialogued with them and sold them on uh, a website and postcard design via email. They had no idea uh, that I was, you know, in my preteens. And uh, I, I remember being dropped off by my dad or mom. I forget which one dropped me off to, to this local shop. And I get out of the car with a printed copy and they thought they were being punked. Um, oh my goodness. So that's really where it all started. That's a story. Wow. That's a movie, Ryan. That's, that's, that's the movie that I they think we're going to see uh, sometime in the future. Very cool. So I'd love that your parents, you know, that's such a great lesson for kids to, to learn, right? I mean, that you have to work for what you want and not everything is going to be given to you. And then also the right. lesson about everything you think you want may not, may not be worth it. So, you know, you might want to be a little bit more careful next time um, and, and maybe do a little bit more research before you buy something. Right. I think that's kind absolutely. Of and so 14, so keep going. I interrupted that story, but okay. So continue with that story. Cause that's very cool and very altruistic. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was altruistic. Um, might sound that way, but it was opportunistic more than anything. Okay. I, I was able to get into a community that had, uh, you know, altruistic, intention. So, uh, you know, it's with any tribe, with any community, if you, uh, if you serve them well, you're going to continue to grow, uh, in that community and benefit them as much as they benefit you. So, uh, it, it, it does make marketing more meaningful when you get to have uh, a cause and it afforded me the opportunity to travel, um, at a very young age. I mean, I went to, uh, China, uh, at age 17 on a plane by myself, uh, it, you know, and had, have had the opportunity to, to travel to four different continents, um, five different continents, rather speak on four different continents. Um, and I still have two more to go, Australia and Antarctica. So if anyone could get me to either of those two for any reason, um, happy to go, but, uh, yeah, so it started as this marketing company and I, I wanted to go to college, uh, eventually. And so when it, uh, came time for college, I just kind of shut it down slowly. I, I didn't take any new projects. Um, I had 13 different people working for me at that time and just kind of wound it down uh, very, very slowly and didn't realize that I could have sold it the whole time. It was something quite valuable. So that was another lesson I learned along my leadership journey. And it was through that that I got into this world of venture capital where I spent uh, the majority of uh, the, the career that people actually know uh, about me. Wow. That's so cool that... Um... Um, what am I thinking here? Like, it's cool that your mom, that you did all this. It sounds like your mom and dad maybe worked um, as they weren't very on, were they entrepreneurial? I should ask that. I shouldn't judge that. Were they entrepreneurial? Um, they were excellent leaders, but they both had pretty regular uh, steady jobs that, you know, weren't, did not have a ton of innovation or entrepreneurialism in them, but they both led well and led from the positions that they were in. So I learned a lot of leadership from them and they grew in their roles for sure. Well, the reason I asked that, that's so cool because, you know, leadership is, it's lovely to have it, you know, it come from the top as we all know it does. Yep. And then you know, to be at their, at their knee, but also the fact that you had a company that was worth something and, and nobody mentioned to you, Hey, you might want to sell that. Right. So that's something that I think um, 
that is a lesson, a hard lesson to learn, but lucky you learned it early in life so that when you built your next company, you realize you could, you could sell that and then sell the value of that and got into that industry. So then how did you get into dental? So working in venture back startups, primarily software, uh, there was a couple of people uh, that, that knew me and they had just uh, seeded around for uh, a medical device company. And I had just uh, left and exited a uh, software startup. And so uh, my wife and I had just gotten married. She had just started dental school um, and this opportunity came knocking. So I met with the founder um, and the inventor of this medical device, as well as uh, one of their leaders. And they said, hey, we want you on the, the founding team um, of, of this startup, this medical device startup that really was focused in dental. Um, they they liked some of the marketing that I had done and and the Apple-esque nature of some of the branding I had done was kind of what stood out to them. Um, and it was just something that dental hadn't really seen. Um, you know, there's a lot of traditional, or at the time, especially a lot more traditional advertisements. And, and so I joined that team and worked with them for uh, quite a, a number of years. And that's where I first got my foot in dental. Okay. You know, it's funny because when people get their foot in dental, they rarely take their foot out of dental, right? Because, you know, uh, the people are so great. What entices you about the dental community? Because you are, you are knee, you are knee deep in dental now, right? I am. And I tried to leave it. Um, not trying to run away from it, but opportunities took me elsewhere. So I, uh, even in trying to leave it, it didn't really work. But, you know, I, I think over the years, I've been a part of many organizations um, in more industries than I could count. And I think it's hard to describe. Anyone that's in dental doesn't know it's special because they probably haven't been, if they haven't been outside of it. And anyone that's outside of it that comes into it, they're like, there's just something different here. I think if I could sum it up, the dental industry as a whole, especially now more than it, even when I, I first was introduced to it about a decade ago, um, it has always been very giving, always community oriented, is always putting others um, above themselves for the most part. Um, and, and especially more recently is extremely innovative, which I wouldn't say about even the, the early years I, I saw the industry, but they really, there's this group inside that has, you know, this fire in their bellies. They're, they're not content with the way things have been, but the industry moves slow, which I think is actually in some ways advantageous as much as it is detrimental because in moving slow, those people, those innovators are actually calculating their changes really carefully and making positive impact for the industry as a whole, including patients. Whereas you look at even other healthcare verticals, they move so fast or uh, so strongly influenced by money or the huge influx of outside capital, which we're seeing in dental, that maybe some of the changes weren't best for everybody involved. In dental, um, you know, you're never going to make the perfect changes every time, but it's really, the, the industry just seems to move. It's like watching Finding Nemo uh, and all those, the school of fish that swim together. Um, and, you know, dental is just unique in that way. Yeah, it is. And I, and um, there's a long way to go in dental. I think you mm -hmm. can, people that get into dental, they say, oh boy, the sky's the limit because we've been behind. Right. Into your, I mean, I, gosh, I, well, of course I've been in it for so long, but I remember when you couldn't even advertise in, in the yellow pages, you could put your name in there, but you couldn't do any advertising or any marketing. Uh -huh. It's not that long ago. Um, and, and the innovation now with what they've got at the shows and, oh my gosh, it's mind boggling um, where it is and where it's going to be going. So to be understanding of that and understanding of how to, to build those industries and those companies um, that you've got a leg up. And I love the fact, you know, I, it, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of dentists want to be business 
people. And it's not that easy. So I love when someone from outside who is business minded comes into dentistry, they really help the industry as a whole, you know, be more mindful of how to run a business, how to sell a business, how to be successful. And of course, that's it's all about leadership. When did you really dive into leadership as as a speaker? Because I know that you speak on that all over. And mm-hmm. that is one of your uh, top topics, if you will. Um, how'd you get into that? So I've been speaking professionally since about 2007. Um, that was when I got my my first paid speaking gig. It was to a group of realtors. And they hired me because at the time I had like 2000 Twitter followers. And that was a lot of Twitter followers uh, in 2007 when Twitter was new. I think I have 2001 Twitter followers now. Uh, okay. So not, not much has changed. I've not grown with the platform. Needless to say, um, they saw me as someone who understood uh, social media. I had the opportunity to work with major brands on social media, Samsung, Warner Brothers, Microsoft, um, you know, Chrysler, some really cool brands. Um on social media in the early days, you know, 2007, eight, nine, when, when those were all budding. Um, so I've always been in that world. Well, I've always loved speaking too. And so if you follow speaking as a, a profession anywhere, and I've been a, a member of NSA for quite some time, I'm um, the VP of programs of NSA Carolinas, which is uh, one of the, the largest chapters in the country for National Speaker Association. But um when, when you start looking at the professional speaking industry, you see a lot of them are speaking on leadership. And so I started reading books and, um, you know, having even being a, a leader uh, at age 14 and 15, 16, uh, 16 was really when I brought my first team member onto that marketing company. And then growing that to 13 different team members, uh, I was the youngest person at the company um, and uh, one of the only people who couldn't drive <laughs> and probably the only person who couldn't drive. And uh, or vote or many other things that they all could do. And so I think trying to um, learn how to lead effectively, uh, mainly because of a lot of mistakes that I made along the way, was just a really interesting, um, just an interesting journey. So I, I, I was forced to learn it, but was also around people in the, the speaking world that were teaching it. And so leadership has always been a passion of mine. Oh my gosh, it's so cool that you've learned. You know, so many people would quit, <laughs> but you've taken every every you know loss, if you will, or every disappointment or whatever mistake, and turned it into something like, okay, this is this is a learning opportunity, and then now what do I do, right? So that's right. that that's really cool. And I didn't know that you were that involved in NSAs, which is is very impressive. And no wonder that you are very interested in the speaking consulting network. And tell us a little bit about how that transition has gone and and what you see the future of that, because it's a great organization. We need we need our voices heard. And um, in a profession like dentistry, when you're speaking to people that are well-educated, very smart, um, that's important to be able to deliver yeah. something that's going to resonate with them. And they're going to think, oh, that's I, they're going to believe you, right? So right. Tell me that journey about what enticed you, I, you know, with the speaking consulting network and where you see it going. Yeah. So the, the medical device company that I was brought into, um, you know, I, I didn't know the industry at all. I knew how to market. I knew how to brand. I knew how to do positioning. But when it came to trade shows and specifically partnerships and channel sales uh, in, in a medical or dental world, I, you know, I knew nothing. And we had uh, a, a sales manager at the time um, who had worked for, you know, most of the, the dental companies that 
uh, you know, people float around through. And uh, so he, he came to work for us and he's like, you've got to check out SCN. And so in 2015, um, I, I attended my first SCN um, as a as a partner. And this was an investment that we had made uh, to really get our name out there. So I attended the uh, annual conference uh, is what it was called at the time and uh, came back the next year. And then I ended up leaving dentistry. I think we went there two or three years. I ended up leaving dentistry for a brief time, uh, did my own startup again, uh, which I had been out of. Well, there's a couple other stories in there, but we won't go through all that. Anyway, long story short, took it took a step back. And then in uh, 2019, I believe it was, um, ran into Lois in the Sky Club in Orlando. I was speaking at a conference down there, and as was she. And um she's like, Hey, you need to come back. And, you know, obviously 2020 things uh, were put on hold, but in 2021, she's like, Hey, can you be the closing keynote for our 25th anniversary? I said, absolutely. And that's where, uh, you know, you and I uh, sat down there. Uh, I know and had a good time at Chateau Alain, but uh, did the closing keynote there and uh, kind of got a little bit more involved in SCN and heard some rumblings uh, from a mastermind call that, uh, you know, Lois definitely was talking about her, her transition, um, at, at some point it wasn't today. It wasn't, there was no time on it, but she hinted at it. And I, you know, being in, in the startup world and venture backed, uh, world, you hear some of those cues and people are ready to, to exit. And so I met up with her at Adam in 2021 and, uh, she's like, you just need to come fly out to Kansas, um, city. And so I flew out to Kansas city, Grain Valley, Missouri, where they live. And, um, sat down with her and Rick for uh, about 48 hours of the week of Thanksgiving that year. And uh, we kind of came to a plan to, um, you know, take SCN to the next level is really what it was. Um, and so in January of 2022, uh, we kind of finalized everything. Um, and I, I took over as the majority owner and, um, you know, kind of creating and casting the strategy for the future. Wow, well, you've got great experience with with your experience with with uh, NSA, and again, that's coming from outside of dentistry, coming back into dentistry, and it's just and you know every speaking group, there's a lot of commonality. I would imagine, you know, like how do you grow your speakers, how do you get on stages, all of those things, and so that's really exciting for all of us that you are, you know, at the helm here leading it and, and you're putting your mark on it. I can tell, cause I can't wait to see you in Nashville. It's going to be great. Tell us a little bit about, uh, SEN, uh, this summer in Nashville. And then I also heard, cause I heard, um, a good friend of mine, Rachel Wall is going to be going to Asheville because you got a little meeting up there as well. So tell me, you know, how you're changing things and, and what's, what's, uh, on the horizon. Yeah, I'll give you a little teaser of something I'll, I'll be not unveiling, but but talking about at um, the annual summit. So SEN, um, most people don't really, let's rewind and talk about what SEN is. SEN was founded uh, in 96 by Linda Miles. Linda Miles, uh, just a very innovative woman and, and broke a lot of glass ceilings, shattered a lot of glass ceilings in dental. Um, as a practice management consultant speaker, speaking on main stages without DDS after her name, even as a female, like she really pioneered um, pioneered the way, but she didn't do it with the spotlight on her. She always pulled people into the spotlight with her, uh, which is something ad admirable. And, uh, you know, there's a video you can find online and we'll release more and more of it over time. Um, but Lois, uh, Linda and I sat down uh, and had a poolside chat uh, about the history and, and the legacy and the future of SCN. And uh, one of the things that stood out is, you know, 
SEN is, exists to make a positive impact on the dental industry uh, through excellence and integrity and equipping uh, speakers, consultants, writers, influencers, KOLs, you fill in the blank uh, with, with um, excellence and integrity in, in everything we do. And so I, I think that's really where, um, where SEN is going, but most people only know it. Where I was going with that is most people only know it for the annual summit. And that's, yeah. uh, I, I do this a lot, like the tip of, tip of the iceberg. We have 13 events a year, um, 12 of which are members only. Um, and so we are a membership-based organization. We're not a, uh, you know, we're not just a, a show, but we have, uh, you know, the 12 members only events throughout the year, uh, three of which are in person. So the top part of the pyramid, we call uh, the main one like edutainment. Uh, so it's education, but entertainment. We're like this year in Nashville, we're having five live bands. Um, we're having Billboard top chart topping artists. Uh, Nashville's top songwriters are going to be there. One of Nashville's top uh, stage presence coaches. Uh, so we're just going to have a lot of fun. A lot of things that are, are good for us. But five live musical acts. It's going to be it's going to be bonkers. Um, and uh, so that's the the top that most people know SCN for. Then the next level um, is members only, and that's called our unplug. So you you mentioned Rachel. That one will be in Asheville. Now uh, you learn with every new business you do. Never have events in Nashville and Asheville in the same year. It creates all sorts of problems. Um, but we will be in Asheville in um, in October, September and October. And then uh, we have the other in-person one in January on, on the West Coast every year. And then the bottom 10 events are virtual. And those are really the, de the depth. Those are the meat. Those are the foundation. Those are the continuing education for speakers and consultants. Uh, you know, we had one last night, the night uh, before we we're recording this, and we go really, really deep into topics and ideas. And so we're like a membership-based organization, 13 touch points a year where our members get to be involved, but we also will often be seen together at Chicago Midwinter, Hinman, doing things like that, uh, Yankee, CDA, Florida, you name it, um, as well as we offer a lot of discounts uh, on travel services and benefits to our members year-round. So we we're not just a, uh, a summit uh, every year, which most people uh, know, but that's why we're calling it a summit, right? Because it's the tip of our mountain. It's the part that people see. Um, and so I, I did change that name to kind of give people, it's only it's only what you see. Um, and, and there's so much more to us behind that. Oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. Thank you for that explanation. It, it gives it a little bit uh, more of a, a robust picture of a broader picture, if you will, of, of what is involved. And then I think people think that you just get up and you start speaking and then you start getting paid and it's all easy and gravy and, you know, you could, but there's a, there is a science to it. There's uh, you have to have the connections and the community is, is just wonderful because, you know, we need to, to, you know, uh, chat with each other, find out what's working, what's not working. I love the idea of masterminding topics. Um, and then also the idea of excellence and, um, and, you know, collaboration is so important, right? Because we're a small, I think dentistry feels small in so many ways, but the reach that we have and the reach that we, we, we can have in the future is going to be enormous with the oral systemic connection. And then just the idea of coming out of COVID and realizing how important it is. And everybody deserves a, a great, healthy smile, a beautiful, healthy smile. Um, that's just something, you know, on my heart and on all the hearts of anybody that's in dentistry today, I think. So, you know, as in closing, Ryan, I, you know, there's a lot of our listeners that are listening here and wanting to know, you know, a little bit about your take on if you had to describe a leader and you had to pick some of their characteristics, what 
what should our audience be striving for? Because if you're running a business, if you're launching a business, obviously you were born a leader. I mean, you know, and so the bell curve, you're taking your your natural ability of being a leader and you're just putting it up on steroids because you just obviously are learning and your experience has been that way. But what are the characteristics that, that you see um, people should reach for if they want to, uh, you know, get to the, the top of the summit of leadership in their business, their life, and in their practice. Yeah. And I love that. And I, I have, um, my life model is also my definition of leadership. Um, and it's simply to inspire others towards a positive change. And uh, I think, uh, that is the true definition of any leader. There's a lot of people who've inspired others towards negative changes or towards changes that aren't helpful, um, that are leaders. And as controversial as it may sound, there's some really bad people in the world who have inspired people to do really bad things. But I think a good leader, a leader that we, we should emulate is someone who inspires others towards a positive change. And what does that mean? Well, I own, um, you know, you talked about the impact of people and I, I want to touch on that real, real briefly. Um, whenever I train a new team member that works for my, my personal holding company, um, I, I, I draw a map and I say, Hey, here's the leaders that I touch every day. Um, and I only touch a couple of people, but you know, I've got under over 200 people below that, that once those leaders go and manage their managers and everything, I'm responsible for those people. Well, those 200 people all have families. And so that's, you know, let's say they have four each. Um, you know, mom and dad, and maybe a, a significant other. Now you're talking about 800 people that a single decision from the top can influence. And guess what? Because I have coffee shops, because I've got wine bars, because I've got, um, you know, all of these different businesses, I've got SCN that people are going out on stage and talking to hundreds or thousands of people literally every single day. And I make them do the math. We have the opportunity to impact tens of thousands of people. And that's a single decision, right? single flame that starts the fire can be positive or negative. So at the end of the day, my, my leadership goal is to inspire others towards a positive change. And I want everyone that has come in contact with me to be better because of it. Um, and the question someone always asks is, Hey, well, have you ever parted ways negatively or had a negative interaction and business is business. And, and unfortunately there are times where sometimes we have to part ways or, or separate, but in most of those cases, and I have so many stories where people will come back and either try to work uh, with me or one of my brands or companies again, or comes back later and says, I learned this, that now helps me here. Um, you know, we don't get it perfect. And, and I'm the first to say, I, I probably screw up more times than I get it right. But at the end of the day, my goal, uh, my aim is to inspire others towards a positive change. And I think that's really what leadership is all about. Oh my goodness. Well, I love that. I love that so much because living that and, and taking that in to your body and soul will make not only dentistry, Ryan, a better place, but it'll make the world a better place. So thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate your leadership wisdom. You're, say, you're a sage and you're just a young, a young bucket here. And I can't wait to watch your career as it, it continues to grow. How do they find you, Ryan? And, and, uh, and how do they learn more about your uh, summit coming up in um, the summer? Yeah, absolutely. So I am probably too easy to find online, Ryan Vet, um, R-Y-A-N-V-E-T dot com um, on any social platform. I think I still have 2001 Twitter followers from 2007. So if you want to be my 2002nd, be my guest, you won't get any content from me there. Um, but I, I'm easy to find online, my website. And then uh, you can find stuff about Speaking Consulting Network, uh, speakingconsultingnetwork.com. Our annual summit is open to the general public um, in dentistry. The other 12 events are not, but um, we've got a membership application online. Anyone's welcome to apply to join, to be a member. Um, we're a great group and we love building others up and seeing them 
be successful. And watching them shine. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Well, thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much for being with us today. And everybody, uh, if you're listening to me and Ryan, I just hope that you will remember to keep doing you. And that's just the way it should be. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you.